What's up, guys? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Joey, nutrition science PhD and founder of Fit for Life Academy. If you are nervous or anxious about the holidays when it comes to your nutrition, your training, right? There's a ton of food that you feel like you don't have control over. You feel like the holidays usually derails you from making progress. And you're nervous about the fact that you might gain weight over the next couple of weeks. This episode is going to be an absolute goldmine for you. Dr. Alan Bacon and I just pretty much finished recording an entire hour uh, of information that is going to help you. A ton of simple, practical, very implementable information that you can use over the next couple of weeks to successfully navigate the holidays and help you stay on plan with your health and fitness goals in a way that doesn't require you to not enjoy the holidays because obviously they only come once a year and we also want to enjoy ourselves. That being said, if you're a regular listener of the podcast and you enjoy the information that I put out for free, all I ask is that you take a second to rate the podcast and leave a review. It would mean a ton to me. Anyways, let's get into the episode. I hope you enjoy. My friend, Dr. Alan Bacon, how are you doing, brother? Doing good. What's going on, Joey? Doing great, man. Um, you are officially the second person to be on the podcast more than once. So congratulations oh, nice. to you, Thank sir. you. I, <laughs> this was, it, I mean, the first experience was a great one. It, it's always fun to work with you. And, uh, and I love getting together with people that really know what they're doing because we always get some good information coming out of these. Yeah, totally. Guess, guess who the first person was. And the first person I think has actually been on three times. Who's that? Our boy, Adrian. I, I gotta, I gotta beat him. I gotta go for my triple. Adrian, if he's listening, I'm sure he's not listening, but he begs <laughs> me. He, I get at least 10 messages a day from Adrian. Adrian, if you're listening, quit bugging me about being on the podcast, man. You've already been on three times. Sounds about right. No, I'll, but I'll at least you're pull, at least you're pulling on somebody that knows what he's doing. Yeah, no, I'll talk to say. I think, I think all the people that listen, um, know that Adrian and I are always roasting each other back and forth jokingly. But I wanted to invite you on, man, because first off, I love talking to you. Two, I think our first conversation um, was really great and we provided a ton of nuance in terms of giving people resources uh, to navigate nutrition, especially when they're struggling. And so I couldn't think of a better person to talk to about um, mitigating weight gain and not just mitigating weight gain, but overall like strategy and mental frameworks that can be useful for people who perhaps feel anxious or nervous about nutrition and fitness over the holidays. I think that this is a, a, um, a difficult time for a lot of people, particularly if you're first starting out on a fitness and health journey, because many times people get rolling and they feel, okay, I'm making really good progress. I am, I'm on a roll with my habits. I've got this down and this, you know, holidays vacations can often be that first stumbling block. And these are challenges. And I actually think that, um, it's funny because people always say, well, I'm going to start January 1st or, you know, right after, because that's when things kind of open up. I would recommend for most people to try to be with a coach or try to start your journey through these time periods, because this is something that you're going to have to learn. And, um, and it's almost like throwing yourself into the deep end. You're going to have to do that at some point. And it certainly is scary. It's certainly a, an intimidating experience. And part of the problem with navigating this area is that 
typically um, people have two extremes of uh, of a mental thought process with <clears throat> with very little uh, moderation in between. We're either <clears throat> thinking that we're clean eaters, or we get into that that cheat meal mode where you say, "Okay, well now I need to indulge, and I really need to indulge." Mm -hmm. And um, and I think that that can become a problem because um, it's probably exactly why we have part of the obesity epidemic that we do. You know, people think that you have to be eating fish and a rice cake or switch up to macaroni and cheese and ice cream in the in the same meal. And um, these holidays really somewhat point that out because all of a sudden you go on, you know, and, and Christmas to New Year's is kind of a bigger one because it's an entire week where people say, okay, well, I'm going to take off and I'm just going to enjoy family. And that might not be the right way. And it might not be the right way because you do want to work on habits. You do want to work on your mindset and your relationship with food. So finding a happy medium is really what we should be shooting for, in my opinion, um, because that happy medium is that point that allows you to indulge a bit, which you should, you know, you should not be eating just that boiled chicken and, and broccoli, unless you're competing in a bodybuilding event in the next week. Yeah. This is not the type of thing that is that is mentally good for you. Um, so you want to unwind a little bit, but you don't want to unwind so much that you feel loss of control. And that's the really important thing. What we want to do is we want to establish some sort of framework or some sort of plan ahead of time. And I believe that when we do that, what we're doing is we're setting ourselves up for success. We're setting ourselves up for success because we give ourselves permission to indulge a bit. But we set a guideline that allows us to give ourselves permission and then not experience guilt afterwards. And I think that's the ideal scenario. Because in an ideal scenario, you go into a holiday, you eat until you're satisfied, not necessarily stuffed. This isn't an eating competition. You try new foods. You, um, you moderate alcohol intake. You make lots of memories with family. And when you do that, that's where you're establishing that balance. Yeah, I... I I agree with everything you said, and this some of the, the essentially the same exact approach that I use with my clients. Some of the conversations that I've been having over the past week with my clients, right? And I run a group call with my clients once a week, which is going to be tomorrow morning. And I'm sure we're probably going to have a very similar conversation to the one that you and I are having here. Um, I think maybe we can break this down into two separate components, right? Mental frameworks that'll help you navigate the holidays perhaps stress and anxiety free because I feel like oftentimes these extreme behaviors on either side of the spectrum as you mentioned which are I have to be as clean as possible it doesn't matter that it's the holidays I can't have xyz food or the other extreme being fuck it it doesn't matter <laughs> right yeah, it's, just it's the holidays I can eat whatever I want I, I think a lot of those behaviors stem from the mentality that the person has around prior experiences during the holidays, perhaps, right? Sure. So there's a lot of stress and anxiety there. And maybe we can talk about um, some mental frameworks that will help people from a mental aspect deal with those thoughts slightly better. And then the latter side of, uh, or the latter uh, portion of the episode, I definitely want to discuss actual strategies that people can implement, a game plan, right? Because sure. I've been talking about these things with my clients and although there are some slight differences depending on the circumstance that they're in, it's fairly uh, simple stuff that pretty much everybody can implement, right? And we're recording this, what, the 22nd? 
and Christmas is on the 25th. So we're going to rush this episode out to get it out. <laughs> we're going to rush it out, but it's going to be helpful. It, it is. Uh, going you to know, be I, I think that, I think that you're, you're dead on there, that there's, there's both that one, you need to set the right mental expectations. And I Correct. think that, that when you are going into holidays, adjusting your expectations and setting proper ex expectations, that is step one. Before you do anything else, you want to set proper expectations. And like you said, everything that, in my opinion, everything that we're going to be saying here is, is pretty straightforward. And in many cases, um, I think that people essentially know, but being able to see it set out stepwise can really give yeah. you that, okay, now I don't have to question myself about what I need to do. Just do this, this, and this, and I will be good. And that will give you the confidence to be able to move forward. Yeah. Um, so I think that setting expectations is the number one thing that you should do. This is where you start before you worry about anything else. And what I like to talk about with, um, with my clients is particularly over this major holiday week, the right expectation is probably to hold steady. You know, if, if your goals are overall to lose fat, Hey, holding steady is a massive win. If you're up one pound, that's a massive win. You know, and a lot of times, particularly when we're having these these newer or, or varied foods that we may not normally have on our diet, we're going to be getting some more sodium. We're going to be getting some more carbs than what we normally get. So even if you see your body weight up a pound or two, the reality is it's probably mostly muscle glycogen and, and water flux. So having the expectation going in of, okay, well, coming into this, I wanted to lose fat, but holding steady is still a win as long as you're continuing to work on your habits you're continuing to reinforce your routine on the daily um you're going to be doing just fine and sometimes a holding pattern is the right expectation you know yeah. and if you have very extreme goals for yourself and this is a personal choice you can moderate more however Life is, is long. And you know, this is, this is people always say it's a marathon, not a sprint. So keep that in mind. You have many, many months of the year where you're not in a, in a holiday or vacation. And I've seen people break it down before. And, and when they do, it's, it's amazing how many days are the mundane days. So focus your intense efforts or your, or really concerted efforts on those mundane days. In situations like these holidays, focus on doing better than what you've done before, but also realizing that you're a human and give yourself some grace. Yeah, that's a, a great starting point. I think adjusting expectations is um, definitely an important first step in terms of reframing the way you're going to think about nutrition during the holidays. Nutrition and physical activity, because people are traveling, oftentimes don't have access to a gym, et cetera, right? And I love that you mentioned that essentially you didn't say it word for word, but if your ultimate goal is fat loss, let's say you want to lose 50, 60 pounds, you have considerable weight to lose. You know, I feel like a lot of this fear also stems from the fact that maybe they just started their health and fitness journey, let's say two months ago, they've been doing really well. And now they're nervous about this one little roadblock because prior when they've had experiences like this, it's kind of derailed them. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's really understanding that if you have considerable weight to lose, or if you have any sort of difficult goal, health, body composition related goal that is going to take considerable time for most people, sometimes over a year, right? Sometimes multiple years, you are not going to be 
making objective progress towards that specific goal every single week throughout that duration, right? And I think it's this idea that I have to make progress every week or else I'm not progressing that ultimately derails people, right? If you simply understand that like everything is context specific, there are going to be times where I make more progress than others. For example, if you have a couple of months where there are no events, no holidays, no travel, you're at home, you can focus on nutrition and training more, you're going to make more progress on those months. Equally, when there are times like now, Christmas, New Year's, traveling, you have mother and or like in-laws coming into town, right? Which everybody loves. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but if you have a lot of stuff going on, it's just a lot more difficult to focus on these things. And like, like you said, Alan, if you simply just give yourself some grace and understand that shifting the goalpost for the next week or two from continuing to lose weight to simply just maintaining my progress, that in itself is a huge win. Why is that a huge win? Because most people gain substantial weight over the week, over the holidays, right? I think there's some pretty good research to indicate that most of the weight that people gain on an annual basis tends to be around the holiday. And then they simply maintain that. And the next holiday season, they gain another five pounds, maintain that, right? So if you can simply maintain your progress, that's a fantastic starting point. You were going to say well, something. The, uh, the other thing about that, you had mentioned some activities, which I think is a, is a really good thing to point out. I actually think that, um, you know, people talk about losing their progress because maybe they gained a pound or two, but the reality is that, um, that instilling the habits and routines that will bring you to success, those, those systems that you put into place is really the most important thing. So if we maintain parts of those systems over these time periods without driving ourselves insane, mm-hmm. that is, is a sign of progress. So if exactly. you are, if you're continuing uh, as activity was one of the things that brought this to my mind. So. I tell people, stay on track with your regular fitness routine if you can and if you so choose over these time periods. If you're going home for nine days, don't not go to the gym just because it's vacation. If you can say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to indulge a little bit more food-wise, but I'm also going to continue working on my habits. So I'm going to get outside and walk for half an hour. I'm going to get into the gym and maybe do a five by five on bench press and then call it a day or whatever it is. The fact that you're still going in is still instilling those habits. So from a, from a really base core progress standpoint, you're actually still progressing. Even if you, you love seeing the scale Mm -hmm. change, but the most important things are reinforcing those habits that are going to change your life. And this is a great way to do it. And people constantly talk about, um, all or something rather than all or nothing, you know, do what you can do. And one of the ways that I think can be really beneficial to, um, to instill both these routines and keep you largely on track as far as body composition goes is that whole idea of movement snacks. And you've probably heard this, if not in that term and in other terms, but you know, Take some time throughout the day. You're going to be sitting there with your in-laws and maybe you need a little bit of a break. So every couple hours, get up, take the dog on a walk, you know, go outside, go for a jog, walk around the house, get up, you know, do something where you're moving around rather than just sitting on the couch. And if you make that a conscious effort, not only is that going to help you get through this time period better, it's going to make you feel better because you're moving around. It's going to up your neat levels, your, your, the calorie burn that you do, your activity levels that isn't rote exercise. 
Um, and it's going to keep you in that mindset of staying active. And even more points, if you are visiting a place for a vacation that has some beautiful scenery, go for a hike, go walk on the beach if you live in Maui, um, you know, <laughs> all those all those easy to do things that you can do. But But viewing this as there are signs of progress beyond the scale and that mental growth, that habit growth is just as important and even more so in my opinion, because if you get those habits down, the physique will come. So reinforce what you can and focus on that all or something versus that all or nothing. And those movement snacks or even getting back into the gym, if you're there for a week, get into the gym two, maybe three times. You know, look at this as what can I do? Can I make this enjoyable? Will it make me feel better afterwards? And I don't think that there's anybody in the world that's ever gotten in and said, yeah, I, I regret doing that. Yeah. It never happens. The, yeah. I, I love the idea of bringing up all or something, right? Because you experience this working with clients, I'm sure. But oftentimes people, you know, they think so dichotomously. Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, for example, if you're working with somebody who is tracking their calories with their nutrition, well, if they're in a circumstance where they're not at their house and they don't have their scale and they can't track their stuff, they're just like, oh, well, forget it. Like, I'm just going to go all in. And right. it's like, no, no, no. Just because you can't track doesn't mean you still can't focus on the healthy behaviors that we've been working on, right? Right. Um, same with exercise. It's like, I have clients ask me this all the time. And they're like, I have a couple of clients traveling this weekend. And usually they train four or five times per week. And they'll ask me, and it, it's a it's a funny question, but I know where they're coming from. And they're like, hey, this week, um, I can only do two of my training sessions. Like, what should I do? You just answered your question. Do two of your training right. sessions. Right? E exactly. Right. And or right on time. It's like, well, then just do half the workout or do less sets per exercise. But it's still doing what you have control over. And I think this all comes down to, Alan, the idea of seeing difficult situations or challenges as opportunities to learn and hone your skills when things are difficult yeah. um, versus seeing them as hurdles, right? So what I tell my clients, like, listen, there, there's like so much to talk about here. It's like, listen, it's the holidays. They only come once a year. Enjoy them, right? Definitely enjoy them. And, and just saying that to clients, it's like they, they know that, but having that reassurance from a coach helps tremendously. Right? Because oftentimes I, I will have conversations with my clients. I'm like, hey, like, it's the holidays. Enjoy yourself. You've been doing great for three months. A couple of days of, again, not going all in as hard as you can, but just indulging a little bit more is not going to derail you, your progress at all. And this is something that they inherently know. They feel a little bit nervous about. And that reassurance helps a ton. But then it's also like, hey, let's actually see this as an opportunity to practice the stuff that we've been practicing in a difficult situation. Right. And I always share this one story and it's not about the holidays, but it's a similar scenario. And I actually, it's one of my clients, his name's Noah. I published a podcast episode with him talking about his story a couple of weeks ago. And this story always sticks with me. Um, so Noah used to be a, a division one college athlete, football player, and he was a lineman. So he was encouraged to gain weight, right? He didn't play professionally. And so the eating behaviors that he had in college stuck with him. And he had this all or nothing mentality because when he played football, it was all or nothing. So if he wasn't training as hard as he possibly could, it didn't make sense to focus on nutrition because for him, nutrition was just a means to perform well. So if he wasn't performing, he was just eating whatever he, want. he wanted, right? So his weight was above 350. So definitely had a lot of progress to make. 
and we started working together. He had originally lost, I think, 20, 30 pounds. I could be wrong on the number there before we started working together. We started working together. He was doing fantastic. And there was a weekend coming up. This was probably like two months into us working together where it was the first time he was traveling. He was traveling for his brother's wedding. And he was really nervous about it because he was telling me that like he felt like he was really in control in his home situation, Mm -hmm. could measure everything, could be strict. But every time he's been in a social situation that involves food, he has not had any self-control. And essentially, we talked about some of the exact things that we're talking about here. Like one, it's your brother's wedding. Hopefully, the only one. (laughs) Maybe more than one, but for now, hopefully the only one, right? So enjoy it. It's okay if you have some drinks. It's okay if you eat a little bit more. But also see this as a challenge to practice the stuff that we're practicing. And I think, you know, this ties perfectly with the concept or like the nutritional philosophy of focusing on the things you need to do, aka the foods that you should be consuming on a daily basis versus focusing on the things that you shouldn't be eating. Because inherently they're like, oh, there's cookies, there's pies, it's Christmas, there's all this delicious food. I shouldn't eat that. It's like, no, 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 no. Reframe the way you're thinking. Let's focus on the things you should be eating, right? And then inherently, you'll probably eat slightly less of those other things as a byproduct. You'll still end up eating more than you typically do. That's okay. But you're not going to go way overboard as you typically would, right? Um, anyways, I've, I've gone all over there. What are your thoughts on all that? <laughs> well, first off, those extra calories are PR fuel. So use those to, when you get into the gym for those two periods over the next week, Use that to hit some PRs, um, you know, and that's a great way. To, that's a great way to look at this as a positive thing. Um, there, it it will certainly throw people off to feel like they have a loss of control. I mean, there's a few things that people yeah. need to feel really good about themselves in anything that they do in life. They need to feel like they've got some autonomy. They need to feel like they have some choices. They need to feel competent. You need to feel like you are able to do what you do. And this is what's really thrown off with this. And then the third one is. You need to feel some relatedness, which means you need to feel like you have some support. And so this Mm -hmm. is where a coach can really come into play. And like what Joey was talking about, when a coach prepares you for these types of things, they're supporting that relatedness. And so going through this is what helps you build that feeling of competence. If you don't go through this, it's always a scary thing. It's it's like when you're trying to get your driver's test, you've never been on the highway before. Well, yeah, it's going to be scary. You know, but once you start doing it, you're like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal. So when you start to go off in these scenarios where you're no longer weighing, it's scary because just like I said before, it's like being thrown into the deep end. So I find that there's a couple things that you can do to really make this a lot easier on you and cut stress down significantly. One, if you can get a, a copy of the menu, certainly do that. And the reason that I say that is because, so, you know, your, your mother, your grandmother, whoever is setting up, that sounded really sexist. Whoever's setting up the food is setting up the food for a holiday. In my, in my situation, my mom always does it. And so you could say, Hey, what are we having tomorrow? And they'll tell you, you know, we're having turkey and we're having mashed potatoes and we're having, you know, cookies or whatever it is. And you say, okay, good. In a situation where you're by yourself or with your, if you're with a coach, contact the coach and go over this. If you're by yourself, think about it and say, okay, well, you know, I know that 
some of the habits that I've seen online or my coach has been telling me is start with a lean protein. So I'm going to make most of my meal, probably that, that turkey, and then I'm going to add in some veggies and that's going to be my base. But I know that cookies are coming. So how many do I want to have? And then write that down beforehand. Mm -hmm. And again, just like alcohol, you do the same thing with alcohol. I actually like the idea with alcohol because you, you'll typically know the days that you're going to be drinking. You're probably going to drink maybe New Year's Eve, May, or sorry, yeah, definitely New Year's Eve. You may be drinking yeah. Christmas Eve. You may be drinking Christmas Day. So you know that you have these days coming up and, and keep in mind that you have multiple of these days. So don't make the decision on the day. Leading mm -hmm. into this, say, which one of these days is the most important to me? Well, I'm with my in-laws on New on Christmas Eve, so that's not as important. I'll have a drink. New Year's Eve, I'm with my friends that I haven't seen in quite a while. I want to have three or four drinks. Okay, fine. Make that plan, write it down. Specifically write it down. Because when you write that down, you make this contract with yourself. It reinforces it and it makes you feel better when you do it. And so you can set this up so you have made conscious choices rather than being drawn into the moment. And so you can go on to New Year's Eve and you can have those four drinks or whatever you've chosen to have. You can do it guilt-free because you made that choice, one, when you weren't tipsy, yeah. and two, when you weren't emotionally in that moment. Yeah. Um, you can enjoy yourself. And like I said, I mean, all of this is about, one, giving you choice, but then cutting out that guilt and, um, and allowing you to enjoy yourself within some sort of boundary that can keep you semi-on task. And I think that when you have events like this, particularly multiple events in a row, think of them as as a whole and not as a single event. Because when you think of something as, okay, this is Christmas Day. Well, I want five drinks Christmas Day. And then you forget that you have New Year's Eve coming up. And when you take it in as a whole, then you don't look back and regret what you did. <laughs> and so sometimes we can prepare, such as if we know what the menu is going to be. If you can't, you make more general choices. You say, okay, well, I'm going to have a small piece of dessert. You can still do that. But those those habits, I actually have a um, uh, an infographic that I send to my clients when we're talking about these big events. And I use the same infographic whenever they're going on vacation or whenever they're like, I'm just not choosing to weigh during this period. And that's fine. And we talk about these types of things. Prepare ahead whenever you possibly can, particularly with alcohol. Um, mm -hmm. because alcohol can more so than many other things can kind of get out of control really quickly if we're not watching it. Um, you know, but do, do the common habit, um, changes that you're looking for. And this will carry you through these, these time periods and allow you to enjoy yourself. Just like we said, lean proteins and veggies, um, base the majority of your meals on whole minimally processed foods, have low calorie snacks. I mean, if you've got a meal that you're going into and you're like, man, my family likes to fry everything. This is, it's hard to, to moderate this type of thing. Okay, well then set yourself up for success. Have a pre-meal 20 to 40 gram serving of protein, lean protein, you know, have a protein shake before you go. That way you can enjoy some of the food and then, um, but not overindulge on it because you've had something that's filling up your stomach. Um, you know, be conscious of, of drinks, condiments, dressings, appetizers, all those types of things. And be mindful when you're eating. And I think that that last one is a, really important one that a lot of people miss out on they you know they get caught up in, in watching the game that's happening and they mm -hmm. and they just eat and before they know it notice um you know satiety cues they've overeaten so being present in the moment and making it about that time that you spend with friends and family foremost 
will allow you to actually experience both of them and, you know, the food that you're, that you're eating, you know, think about the, um, the textures, the tastes, the experience, and it'll bring you through in a much easier manner than going in without a plan and firing from the hip. Yeah, totally, man. And, um, I, I essentially take a very similar approach with all clients in terms of like, just, just have a game plan beforehand. And it can be a very, very, very simple game plan, right? I like you try to get my clients to really think about alcohol consumption because around the holidays, like things get out of hand. And let's be honest, if you get wasted, like your game plan's probably going to not be that important. Go out, in the, go out the window, right? So, so a couple things here, like you mentioned, if you really want to enjoy New Year's Eve and you want to have five or six drinks, you have to be okay with the fact that you're probably going to make other choices that you otherwise wouldn't. And you have to be mentally okay with the fact that that's probably going to be a quote unquote, relatively bad day, right? Because let's be honest, if you have six drinks, unless you have crazy tolerance, you're going to feel it. And some of these rules that you set for yourself are going to go out the window and you're going to do whatever drunk you kind of does, right? So for me personally, I don't tell my clients like only have this number of drinks, but really think about what are your limits and why are they your limits, right? Because oftentimes with alcohol, we can just drink because we're in a social setting. Like, oh, that guy's drinking. My friends are drinking. My mom's drinking. I'm going to have another drink, right? And again, this also doesn't mean you can't drink at all, but have a limit. For myself, I usually never have more than two drinks. I really don't like drinking anyway, so I usually set my limit at two drinks because that's enough to where like, and I'm talking about like strong drinks here, right? So I'll feel it a little bit, but I definitely don't get drunk and I feel good about my overall decisions. So for all my clients, I definitely ask them to think about alcohol intake and set limits for yourself that you know are appropriate beforehand. And of course, that's a personal decision, right? Mm -hmm. And if you are going to decide that on one of the holidays, you're just going to go overboard and drink as much as you want, then you have to be mentally okay with the repercussions, right? It's probably not going to be a good day. Probably won't be a good day after that. And if you're okay with that, then so be it. If you're not okay with that mentally, then understand that maybe having some limits in place will help. In addition to that, from a nutritional perspective, I tend to give, because if we think about like Christmas and New Year's, they really just are two days, right? New Year's Eve, Christmas, just two days. People just tend to go way overboard the entire week, right? Understandable. On those days in between, you can still focus on the general habits and behaviors that you're working on. Like Alan, you mentioned focusing on protein, focusing on veggies. However, I like to give my clients a specific tip for the day of Christmas or for New Year's Eve. These typically are associated with dinner, right? Like we tend to have a meal later in the day with family. We go over our parents' house, wherever we're at with friends, family, and there's a ton of food. How do you navigate that situation effectively? The one tip that I think is incredibly simple that I tell all my clients is like, listen, give yourself permission to eat whatever you want to eat. However, do not eat whatever you want to eat until you've had a nice dinner. It's that simple. And for your dinner, and this is what I do too personally. Like, I, th I think oftentimes people see people like yourself. For me, and they're like, wow, they have so much discipline or like, how do they not eat cookies and pies? And that's complete BS because we love those foods. I enjoy them fully, but I set this rule for myself. Like 
if I go to my in-laws house, which we're going to go for Christmas, which is down the road, I know as soon as I walk in the door, there is food all over their kitchen, right? I'm not going to touch any of it until I have my dinner. And my dinner has two simple rules, half the plate with protein, half the plate with veggies. For a Christmas dinner, I personally won't add a ton of carbs to it, like mashed potatoes or rice or anything like that, because I know that I'm going to have pies and cookie after. So for my clients, I tell them to do something similar, like have a well-structured dinner that you feel comfortable with, make it vegetable and protein focused. After you consume the dinner, literally just wait 15 minutes, let the food settle, and then just enjoy yourself. A couple things are going to happen. You're going to feel satisfied because you've got to enjoy the foods that you wanted, and you're going to have less of them because you are already full from the dinner you consumed. If you do the opposite, right? And this is just a super simple game plan. If you do the opposite and you walk in and you just start munching on cookies and pies mindlessly, right? You're talking to this guy and you just down two cookies without even thinking about it, except that's usually what happens, right? Um, you're not going to feel satisfied. You're going to go way over on the sweets. And then you might not even have like a well-structured dinner because you already had so many cookies. You're not going to eat an eight ounce portion of whatever protein source, right? So simply just having the rule of I can have this, but I will not have this until I do this first is so simple. And I think that most people can probably implement that very effectively and it will set you up for success, undoubtedly. Hey guys, some of you may not know that I'm the scientific advisor for a supplement company called Outwork Nutrition. I help with the formulation of new products to help ensure that they're effective and backed by science. Unlike many other supplement companies out there, we don't rely on exaggerated claims or flashy marketing tactics. Instead, we let the science speak for itself. We take pride in formulating products that deliver real results, helping you achieve your fitness goals in a meaningful way. If you're in the market for supplements like protein powder, pre-workout, or recovery products, make sure to check us out at outworknutrition.com. And as a thank you for being an avid listener of this podcast, use code Joey for an exclusive discount at checkout. You can find the link to our website down in the description of this podcast episode. Remember, our goal is to empower you with science-backed supplements that truly make a difference. Choose Outwork Nutrition and elevate your fitness to new heights. Yeah, I, I think that that's a perfect plan. I mean, essentially, the, the key, I think, that you're pointing out here that is that a, a lot of people will kind of gloss over is when you eat in that manner, and then you said, you know, give it 15 minutes, allow yourself to digest, you know, it goes back to mind too. spend some time with your family. You're actually giving yourself time for those satiety cues to catch up. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so by doing that, you're not saying I can't have this dessert, but what you're going to do effectively is you're going to have that dessert with, with a a much better frame of mind because you're actually sensing the satiety. So you're not downing twice as much dessert as you wanted to do, um, you know, as what you might have wanted to do had you just gone straight in. I think that's a great way to handle it. I think the other thing that kind of melds the two together is, I mean, you can do that pre, you can do that pre-meal 20 to 40 grams of, of protein prior to that. If you're concerned about, you know, over snacking on certain things, because a lot of people will get in there and they'll be like, well, you know, they serve appetizers up until the dinner period. And sometimes appetizers are very calorie heavy. I mean, my mom puts out an entire cheese ball and <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with cheese. There's something wrong with cheese when it's like half cheese, half um, uh, block of Philadelphia cream cheese. If that's what you're filling up on because you haven't gotten to dinner yet. And so, you know, sometimes that's out for mm -hmm. hours before you actually get to a meal. So 
prep for this. That's a you great know, point. Have, have some high fiber or high protein, modest calorie type food prior to even going. Then when you do that, you can enjoy talking to people without being as tempted as you would be because this is one of those situations where you're not going to be able to control the food environment. And that's okay. This is a special occasion. So because you can't control the food environment, control your potential responses to the food environment. And what you had just said is a perfect way to do that. Adding in the pre-meal proteins or fibers can be a very good way to handle that because you, you know, different people are going to experience the, the way that food is laid out in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so these are all different ways that you can potentially um, <clears throat> moderate without feeling like you're moderate. You know, you can get that that protein shake in and get something chocolatey and, and feel comfortable having a little bit of something on your stomach. And then maybe you'll have a little bit of the cheese ball, but you're probably not yeah. going to have as much as you did before. Um, one of the other things that just popped into my mind that I, I wanted to bring up from a comment earlier, <clears throat> on some of these days, um, like Christmas Day, sometimes it's an extended event. You know, people will go over at 10 or 11 in the morning and then you're there until maybe p.m. And, and there's a lot of temptation throughout that time. Like we said, food environment's a big thing. Your random mm -hmm. uncle who wants to talk about politics is making you drinks. And uh, you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to handle it as good as you possibly can. And so the idea of, um, of setting um, a, an alcohol maximum, I think is a wonderful thing. And like you pointed out, and I hope that it came through when I was pointing it out, this has to be up to you. This is not something that your coach mm -hmm. says. This has to be up to you because again, you need to be able to have choices. You need to be able, be able to have control over your life because that's the only way that you're gonna be happy with this. When you make that choice, be comfortable with the outcomes that come from that choice. But True. you're the one that's that's largely in control of that. Because these days can be a, an extended event experience. <clears throat> one of the things that you can do is set that maximum. But then also make the rule to have a full glass of water in between every glass of alcohol. And that tends Great to point. naturally help quite a bit, not only with, with slowing down the drinking, but with any sort of hangover that you might have. Certainly. Or even set a time limit between drinks as well. Certainly. Right? Yeah. It's just, you can get creative with the behaviors that you are going to set as rules for yourself. Right. Like Alan mentioned, you could just have dinner at home before you go to the event. You could have dinner at the event. You could drink a glass of water before drinks. You could set a time limit between drinks. Essentially, figure out small behaviors that you feel that you're actually able to execute on, right? That will align with your overall goal. And now check it out. Once you implement these things, you might do really well. You might mess up a little bit. And if you mess up a little bit, that's okay. See that as an opportunity to assess what went wrong if anything went wrong and then come up with a more robust game plan for next time, because at the end of the day, down. there's Christmas next year and there's Christmas the year after that, right? Like it's not that big of a deal. You messed up a little bit once again, it comes back to mindset. See it as an opportunity to improve, right? It, you, you see this even in like, I, I love using the example of like school because it's such a great analogy. Like if you started taking a chemistry course, let's say, and you took your first exam, let's say there's four exams in the semester. If you took your first exam and you studied for it and you didn't do well, are you just like, F it, I'm dropping That's this true. class? You don't, right? I mean, some people do, 
<laughs> Hopefully you don't. And those people don't have the success that they wanted because they didn't go through it, right? However, just because you did not that well the first time doesn't mean you're doomed for, for failure. You can assess the way you studied. Maybe the methods in which you studied weren't effective and you can change the way you studied. Maybe you can modify something about the way you're taking notes in class. Uh, for me, like in college, I started doing a lot better when I started recording lectures and listening because I'm an auditory learner. Anyways, how does this translate over? If you have a certain plan in place for Christmas, New Year's, etc., you go through the event and afterwards you feel like you didn't execute as well as you wanted to, don't feel bad about it, be productive, assess what happened, identify potential cues that made you deviate from your plan, and think about how can you make your plan more robust for next time. A perfect example of this would be what we were just talking about. Let's say, based off the, the tips that I shared, somebody says, okay, when I go to my in-laws for Christmas, and it's always the in-laws, let's, um, I'm going to have a nice, well-balanced dinner, and then I'm going to indulge, right? So the person is coming into the event, not having dinner, so they're pretty hungry. Their plan is to have dinner at the event, first and foremost, and then allow themselves to indulge. However, they get to uh, Alan's mom's house and the cheese board is out and they love cheese and they haven't eaten dinner and they just overindulge. So they didn't stick to the plan that they said they were going to. You could feel bad about your actions and punish yourself the next couple of days, which wouldn't be constructive in any way. Or you could say, what happened? What happened was that I had a certain plan in place, but I didn't account for the fact that there's going to be a ton of food available before dinner. I was hungry when I got there, so I wasn't able to execute. Next time, and next time could literally be New Year's, I am actually going to have the dinner before I get there so that I'm satiated by the time I get there. That is assessing what went wrong and modifying your plan accordingly. I think, and, and again, this ties into like seeing health and fitness as a long-term thing. This one event doesn't determine your success. The way you respond to this one event and modify it for future event for future events is what will dictate whether you have long-term success or not. The, the cool thing about this conversation <clears throat> is that we're, we're talking about this in context of a very large holiday, potentially the biggest holiday of the year coming up. Certainly. But the techniques and tips outlined here are relevant for any time you're ad libitum eating. And so Certainly. don't, don't view this as, <clears throat> don't view this as, okay, well, I've got my holiday plan. View this as, I've got my plan when I'm going to eat ad libitum, when I'm going to eat essentially without me, you know, measuring or, or following yeah. this plan that a coach set out or that I set up. These are the types of habit changes and um, habit rules that you can set up for yourself to be successful long after you graduate from coaching. Because whether you're working with me, whether you're working with Joey, whether you're working with, you know, Adrian or somebody else that's, that's a good coach. At some point, you're probably going to move on, and that's okay. And if we've done our jobs as coaches, you should be able to. Sure. These are the types of things that will allow you to move on from potentially weighing for the rest of your life. You can certainly do it if you want to, but I don't know many people that do. This is what you fall back on. Mm -hmm. And you're not necessarily going to use all of these. Each person's going to find va different value in each one of these things, but come up with a set that you find, okay, I'm willing to do this and this sounds like a good idea to me and I've seen good results with this. Over time, as you experience 
these events, these holidays, these vacations, date nights, um, you know, all of those different times where you're not going to be bringing a food scale because it's too neurotic, you're going to come up with your own set of uh, techniques that work for you. And I, I've said this earlier in the in the podcast, but I am a huge fan of writing it down because I, mm -hmm. I think that and write down how you felt about it. I tried this. It worked 75%. You know, and yeah. then you can get an idea of all the different ones that you have. If you write these things down, it will give you a game plan to look at before you get into every one of these events. Review this. It'll give you a game plan to look at before every one of these events. You can choose which ones you want to employ based on what's going on. I mean, like we said, you know, if, if you know that this is going to be a longer day event, maybe you're going to do more things than what you did if it's a shorter event and you know you're sure. going right to the meal. You know, you if you're going right to the to the dinner, maybe you're not going to have a glass of water in between every alcohol because there's sure. it's just not going to be that long. But if this is football Sunday, yeah, that might be a good idea because mm -hmm. it's a four-hour game. Yeah. Um, you know, and so there's, there are all these different techniques and we can't tell you which one is right for you. What I can tell you is prepping ahead of time is probably smart. Coming sure. up with, in, with a game plan without emotion involved is something that I would highly recommend for everyone, unless you feel like you have the, the greatest sense of control and, and nutritional knowledge. But I think that, that even people like myself, I mean, I will say, okay, well, you know, New Year's Eve is a day that's going to be extra tempting. And like you, Joey, I don't I don't drink that much. And when I drink, it's typically two drinks max. And that's what works for me. So New Year's Eve, which is that the day that is supposedly probably the most drinking of any day mm -hmm. out of the year, I'll be like, I'll have three drinks. But yeah. that's that's the right choice for me, you know? Certainly. And so and so I think that coming up with the plan beforehand is really the key to cutting out a lot of that um, trepidation that you might have about going to these things. But I think that every one of these strategies can potentially work and it's finding that combination that works for you. And um, and yeah, my, my main point of going into this was this isn't just uh, a holiday thing for this one event. This is These are life skills yeah. that you will use constantly throughout the year. And the yeah. way that you termed it was exactly correct. These are learning experiences. And if you look at these as I failed, well, then that's a problem. That's, you know, yeah. that's a negative, that's a negative expectation of what you've done. As long as you don't quit, you don't fail. What you're doing is you're staying resilient and you're mm -hmm. learning from it and admitting that you screwed up or that you were challenged is completely fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's not a person in the world that hasn't screwed up at something, but those yeah. screw ups, when you're doing this right, are temporary. Certainly. Gaining two pounds over Christmas is not the end of the world. It's a yeah. temporary situation, especially if you went into this. And, you know, we were talking about how this makes people feel derailed because if you've lost 20 pounds and then you gain two pounds, for many people, this feels like the sky is falling. But in yes. reality, you're still down 18 pounds. So, Certainly. you know, look at this and say, I've done this before. I can certainly get back into the mode and do this. And the really important thing about managing your emotions and making this productive is if you have a situation like this where you're planning on indulging a little bit more, also in, you know, in the forefront of your mind when you're coming up with your plan to deal with this, 
plan on when you're plan on when you're going to get back on track. Plan how and when you're going to get back on track. Yeah. That prevents this from being a slide. And sure. what I mean by that is you could go into Christmas and you can say, okay, well, Alan and Joey told me that I should eat lean proteins and that I can indulge and that's okay and that I'm going to have three or four drinks, whatever it is. When that starts to bleed in to the following two, three, four days, that can be a problem. And I think that in a lot of these conversations, one of the things that gets missed is this idea that sometimes, particularly when, you start, when you're starting out, Having a plan to get when and how to get back on track is extremely important because it's insurance. It's insurance for that habit work that you've been working on. It's insurance for those that progress that you've made, for the gains that you've made. And if you can say, okay, well, I'm going to indulge a little bit um, Monday evening when I'm having you know Christmas dinner, but I'm going to get back on track Tuesday morning. Good. Get back on track Tuesday morning. Set an alarm in your, in your calendar. Get back on track Tuesday morning. No harm, no foul. You followed your plan. And a single instance of going off plan is not going to derail habit formation. Of course. And, and you know, it, it's it's funny that we talk about that. I'm going to nerd out for one second here. In, in the research, there has been research that shows habit formation. It takes 18 to 254 days to form 95% of, to attain 95% of habit formation. Okay. In the research, when they're looking at that, having some times where you're thrown off track does not influence the formation of habits. It does not, it does not doom you. It does not say, okay, well, now you're starting over. Yeah. As long as you get back on track. And if you do that, you're completely fine. Yeah. So these are blips on the radar. Make a plan to get back on track. And you're never going to notice this. You're going to think back. I had a good time at Christmas. And then I continued to lose body fat out. Yeah, that's a great perspective. I, I love that you shared that about habit formation. Well, one last thing I wanted to touch on here so people understand how to even like come up with a plan. Because I feel like oftentimes people might think like, oh, this sounds great, but like I don't really know what behaviors to implement, right? And maybe they're thinking about implementing the ones that we shared, which were just a couple. Just DM but Joey, it, he'll help you. <laughs> it, it, it really is very, very, very simple, right? Um, and I want to share a specific step-by-step -step example of something that I did with a client of mine that wasn't around the holidays, but he was traveling for a week. Um, and this is essentially the exact same procedure and step and thought process that you can use to implement a plan that will help you succeed during the next coming weeks, right? So my client um, has a position where he has to travel for work and he had just started this position. So... Uh, he works for a church that has locations all over the world. And so he had to go to some of these other locations to meet with people that uh, lead some of these other locations. And so he was, I believe, in China and Thailand for a week, each of those. Okay. And this client was trying to lose body fat, get leaner. And he had been doing really, really well for the first, I can't remember how long it had been before he traveled, but it was certainly a couple of months. And so he was nervous. We had a conversation. Conversation went very similar to all of the mental frameworks that we've been sharing here. And they were like, okay, let's actually come up with a plan. And of course I helped him because I was his coach, but you can do this yourself, right? And essentially what we did is let's discuss what we still have control over, right? In terms of planning beforehand, 
he um, looked up the menu because breakfast was included in the hotels that he was at. He was like, all right, these are the foods that we have for breakfast. And it was, you know, typical breakfast food. Some of the food isn't like the same food we have here in the U.S. But they had eggs and they had fruit. And I was like, how about for the majority of a breakfast, they're just eggs to get your protein in. They're minimally processed foods. And then fill yourself up pretty well with fruit. You're going to get some fiber there, some good amount of volume, micronutrients. Breakfast taken care of. Simple because it's at the hotel. There's also not much temptation during breakfast, right? Like people don't go hard on food for breakfast. Some people do, but most people don't. And then he was nervous around um, lunch and dinner specifically. Lunch was going to be provided because it was a, a week-long event. And so we kind of talked about this. I'm like, listen, do your best during lunch, but if it's food that's provided and you can't really plan, like, it's okay. Um, try to get protein and vegetables if you can at your lunches. He also packed a ton of, um, like, high-protein, high-fiber uh, bars to bring with him. And he brought protein powder so he could have a protein-rich snack every day. And then for dinner, dinner, he was very nervous because he was going out to dinner every night with somebody different who he was meeting, right? Because um, this was a business trip. And so we really talked about this. And I was, listen, if you go out to dinner at most places, you can order a portion of protein and you can order some vegetables as well. Now, you don't have to consume that every single night. Let's do this. Out of those seven nights, you're going out to dinner for seven nights. I'm sure some of those are more important than others. So let's prioritize which nights are you going to give yourself permission to just enjoy yourself and which nights are you going to stick to a protein and veggie rich meal? You don't have to enjoy yourself as much. It's perhaps not as important of a meeting, right? And we came up with this game plan. Two of the nights he gave himself permission to just enjoy dinner. The other nights he still went out to dinner, but he chose a protein and vegetable focused meal. And then that was our nutritional plan in terms of exercise. He trained usually five days per week. And he was like, man, I might be able to train two days per week. And I said, that's fine. You can still focus on steps. Let's get 10,000 steps a day. And he shared with me what his hotel gym had access to, the gym equipment. And so we just modified his training plan. He thankfully executed very, very well and maintained his weight, like did not gain a single pound. And he did his two workouts. He felt good about it. He followed the nutrition plan pretty well. And he got his steps in. And we talked about it after. And he was like, wow, I can't believe it was that, that simple. It's like, yeah, it's that simple. Now, Fortunately, he executed very well, but if he didn't, we would have just had a conversation about what did you struggle with and let's modify the plan for next time. Um, again, thankfully it worked the first time. And oftentimes, you know, if you come up with these simple strategies and you really put time and effort behind it, and it actually is something that's important to you, you'll probably do really well your first time. Anyways. I, I, I mean, I think that what, what you pointed out there is, is a good summary of exactly what we've talked about this entire time. Yeah. And it, it, it all comes down to planning ahead and then having the proper expectations. If you can get those two down, you're going to set yeah. yourself up for some success. Yes. And and the proper expectations doesn't always have to be, I'm going to lose weight <laughs> because that's probably not proper expectation. I think that this is where people get really down on themselves because if they, if the, the viewpoint is as dichotomous as eating clean and cheat meals, like yeah. It's either I'm progressing or I'm not. And that's not reality. That's not reality. The reality is that sometimes the scale is a sign of progress. And sometimes learning to manage these ad libitum times is a massive sign of progress. And, and you can be successful gaining a pound during that time period. P 
people have a very hard time understanding that gaining a pound can be a success. Did you work on your step count? Did you get out and move? Did you did you do something? And I actually give my clients whenever they do these types of things. I I have a um, I first I ask, okay, is there going to be a gym in the area? And then we'll adjust just like you did. If not, you can come up with a really fun Tabata to kick the shit out of your clients. Yeah, in the, in we're gonna and, and I do. And what's really funny is they're like, I'll find a gym because the Tabatas are always much worse. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I'm like, I can give you this, or you can find a gym. They're like, gym. So, because <laughs> people always like to lift heavier than to do, you know, HIIT type work, but there's always an option. And even if you choose, say it's a holiday and you're like, I don't really feel like doing a Tabata. I'm going to kind of take this as a deload. That's okay. Stay active doing whatever you want to do. You know, walk if that's, if that's what you want. It's fine. Um, but setting these right expectations and putting these, um, putting these tactics forward will make you feel so much better because you are taking control. The only time that you're going to feel really bad is if you don't plan ahead, you don't think about this, you do it, you do it just off the cuff. And then you look back and you're like, man, I, I really wish I would have done this, this, and this. If you plan ahead, even if you're challenged and you screw up, you can say, well, I did this right. And I did this right, but I could have done better here. And that's a much better place to be then, man, I really dropped the ball on that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so think about the things that we've said here. There's a lot of there's a lot of good things that you can pull together. I'm sure that this is going to be one where people are going to be like, let's take some notes in this section, in this yeah. section, in this section. Um, you know, but but there's a lot of good information here. And I think the overarching theme is how can you take control, not only on the days that you're going to be doing this, but how can you take control to bring yourself back afterwards? And Focusing on building those habits and reinforcing those habits, even when it's not 100%, if you're only doing the habit 75%, is still good because you're still working on something that will maintain that and keep you going long after the holiday's over. Yeah, that's a, a great perspective, man. I think we can go ahead and um, wrap this up here. What are you doing for Christmas, man? Uh, so being in the middle of the Pacific, it's hard to have family and friends visit. Yeah. So, um, so we, my wife and I, um, we're not crazy about traditional, um, holiday foods. I mean, even like Thanksgiving, we're like, everything's brown. So we, we, duck, we, man. yeah, I know. And so what we do is we kind of, um, we make our own meals and what we try to do is we're, we're a lot more regimented than probably most people. I mean, we, yeah. we're both in fitness and we've been doing this for so long. So this is the time of the, of the year that we actually do indulge a bit more. Now, this message is going to be a little bit convoluted when we're telling people choose lean proteins and veggies. When you haven't been used to that, that's the right way to make a move. If you're very good at, at you know, during the mundane days about really staying on track, you have a little bit more leeway on some of these, these special days because, you know, I'm not having pizza regularly unless I'm trying to build size or anything yeah. like that. So we cook our own foods for holidays and I haven't had lasagna in probably 10 years. And so I'm making homemade lasagna. This will really make my mom angry because she's Italian, but, um, but I'm making homemade lasagna, you know, doing the sauce from scratch, all that kind of stuff. We're going to do a good salad, but I'm actually going to do one of the things that I recommended here. I'm going to have a protein shake before I have that lasagna yeah. because I want to one, my protein content a bit 
I know that this is going to be a more indulgent, very heavy calorie dense food. So yeah. I'm going to incorporate some of these things that we talked about. And, you know, I think that a lot of times our clients think, oh, the coaches, you, like you said, it's, it's an easy thing for them. It's an it's easy not. thing for us because it is, but it's only that way because we've taken the time over the years to instill those habits and you can get there too. Yeah. It's never necessarily easy, easy, but it's easier than what yeah. you're going through right now. But that's a good thing because we can tell you that it does get easier. Yeah. And so for me saying, I'll have, I'll have a chocolate protein shake before I do this. That's not a problem. It's easy. Yeah. It tastes pretty good and, and it will moderate how I, how I eat. And, um, and then I'll get to enjoy that. And, I'm not having dessert afterwards because I've chosen something that's so calorie dense as my main meal. But this is the way that you start to think. And, you know, when yeah. you start to think this way, it's I'm not missing out on dessert. I'm choosing to have a little bit more lasagna. And so it's it's an additive process to your life. What would I rather have? Well, I'd rather have more lasagna. So that's what I'm going to do. Are you tired of spending countless hours grocery shopping, cooking and preparing your meals? I get it. Time is precious, and that's where Icon Meals comes into play. I've partnered with Icon Meals to bring you delicious, macro-friendly, and high-protein meals that will make it easier than ever for you to achieve your fitness goals. I understand that you may have hesitations over the cost of a meal prep service compared to cooking food at home. But let's face it, how often do you spend more money eating out because you didn't have time to prepare your food at home anyways? With Icon Meals, you not only save time, but you invest in your health. These meals are carefully crafted to be healthier and more in line with your fitness goals than most of the food that you eat out anyways. So why wait? Visit iconmeals.com and explore their wide array of mouth-watering meals. And as a special bonus for listening to this podcast, use code JOSEPH10 at checkout for a special discount off of your order. By the way, you can find all of the necessary links in the description of this podcast. Don't let time be a barrier to your success. Choose Icon Meals and fuel your journey towards a healthier, fitter you. And when you start to think about it as an additive process, and I think that you alluded to this a little bit earlier, rather than a restrictive process, you're not denying yourself from having something. You're prioritizing what you're going to mm -hmm. have. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're pushing that priority forward. My priority is, well, I want to moderate a little bit. So the pregame... 30 grams of protein mm -hmm. and dessert's not as important to me as having a little bit of a larger portion of lasagna. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to do that and I'm going to be happy doing that. I'm probably going to have one drink. Yeah. And that's it. That's what about you? What are you, what are you going to do? You said that. I, I was going to interject really quick and say something and then I'll share what we're doing. Um, when I said it's not easier for us, I was referring more to in terms of like internal thoughts, right? And like just, being open and vulnerable about this. I think even us who are fitness professionals, we still have inherently some, of, or at least I do, some of these negative thoughts in our mind when we do some of these quote unquote bad behaviors. Sure, right? sure. Like it's, well, the thing is we have the tools necessary to bring ourselves back into a state that's conducive towards progress, right? But even for example, like myself, over the past six weeks, I've been trying to get a little bit leaner because starting the new year, I want to go into a 12-month gaining phase and I want to be in a place where I'm lean enough to feel comfortable doing so. And so for the past five weeks, I've been very, very 
good with my diet. I typically am. I've just been eating a little bit less, being a little bit more physically active. Weight has been coming down pretty much on a weekly basis. And now we're getting really close to Christmas. And so yesterday my wife went over to her mom's house and they made some cookies. And my wife brought home four different types of cookies. Of course, I had to, I had to try all four types of cookies. And not only did I try them, I had a full cookie of each, right? Um, so I had a PR full, fuel. full cookie, full uh, cranberry cookie, this like butter cookie. I had cookies. And it's so funny because I talk about this stuff every day and I try to help my clients through these uh, thoughts that they have. But I acknowledge that I myself have these thoughts. As soon as I had the four cookies, I started feeling bad about what I did. And I was like, oh, this is derailing my progress. Oh, I'm, it's going to make me gain weight. Like almost immediately, I feel like I look worse in the mirror, which is hilarious because I just ate some cookies. It obviously has had no physiological effect. But these thoughts still come into our minds. Like it's, we don't necessarily have control over the thoughts that come into our mind, but we do have control over how we respond to them, right? You're 100%. Yeah. yeah. But this morning, I was like, man, yes, I went a little bit over on calories. I ate four cookies. And that, I, the reason why I felt bad about it is because I know I'm going to do it again today and I'm going to do it again on Monday. Because like cookies are really my weakness. I just never have cookies at home, but I really like cookies. Like earlier today, I already had a, a rosemary like shortbread cookie that my wife's mom made that was delicious. But anyways, so this morning I was like, man, I didn't like how I ate last night. One, it's not that big of a deal. I'm probably just going to put a pause on my fat loss phase till the new year. And I was at planning on ending it on December 31st, but I might just take two more weeks in January to really get to where I want to get to. So extend it a little bit, not a big deal. And today I just went on a slightly longer walk in the morning to slightly counteract the consumption of the cookies last night, right? So it's just like small modifications. We still have the thoughts. It's not like we don't ever feel bad about our actions. But we have the right mental frameworks to help us positively deal with those thoughts. And well, that's the, really important, right? Yeah, Having and the, and the frameworks to improve. And the big thing that, that when I was saying it gets easier, the big thing that really does make that easier is because you've armed yourself with the knowledge to be able to do this. You know that you can overcome it. So you have that immediate moment of a little bit of panic. Well, yes, I just, yeah. I just downed four cookies. But I think that there's a difference in the people that do this long-term. And I think that this is a good thing to point out to people that are just getting into this because um, you have that immediate moment of panic, but then you don't ruminate on it. You say, yeah. okay, time to make a plan to either adjust for this or just say it was a one-off. Don't, don't, you know, get bent mm -hmm. out of shape over it. And I think that that's really the difference that makes life a lot easier is that um, you become better able to handle it because you feel like you can handle it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And to, to quickly touch on this one more point, because I don't want people to feel like, oh, Joey never eats cookies. He, he feels bad when he does. I had just finished a very large dinner right before that. So that was the thing that upset me. It's like, man, I just had a big dinner. Like my wife just came home with cookies and I downed four cookies. Like I have sweets on a regular basis, not every day, but I, I have a sweet tooth. I like sweets. But for example, I would usually plan for it, right? Like if I was going to have two or three cookies, maybe with my dinner, which is usually protein, some veggies and sort of some sort of carb, I tend to lean towards potatoes or rice with most of my meals. I probably just wouldn't have the rice. I'd have the meat and the veggies and have the cookies and all good, right? It was the fact that I had a large dinner. I was really full and I couldn't help the temptation. I was like, man, like those cookies look really good. Those were just baked 30 minutes ago. I know how good those are. And then I caved into that temptation, which little 
sensations of panic kicked in, which is completely normal. But it's just developing the mental frameworks to be able to get through that effectively. So now, if, if, Dr. Sorry, jo- if Dr. Joey can experience this type of situation, <laughs> yeah. why would you, as a person that's either just starting out or, or kind of intermediate experience, think that it can't happen to you? Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, this is this is a good thing. I mean, it's good to see that people go through these types of things exactly. because there's no shame in it. I think that's the really, there, there's two things that I always talk to clients about. Where they're like, well, what would make me a good client? One, accept responsibility for where you are. This is not shameful. Mm-hmm. You have to accept responsibility for where you are because that sets up the next most important thing. Be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. So I'll get people, and and this this has worked this worked against me once, but usually it, it works really well for me. I'll tell them these two things. And I had a 400 pound man that was working with me, and he's like, well, I just can't say that that you know, I, I feel like I have any responsibility to this. And I was like, well, this is something that's really important to, to look into because this is where you start to get that balance of, okay, well, some of the things that I've done have gotten me to the point where I am. That doesn't mm-hmm. define me as a person. So mm-hmm. I can accept that I've done some of these things that are, that are probably unproductive from a goal standpoint, but that's okay because then I can learn to adjust and, mm-hmm. and, and change these things up. The large majority of people take this very well, but you have to understand that there is no shame in accepting that a lot of times, unless you have a severe uh, form of pathology that is untreated, <laughs> greater than 95% of people, you're, you are where you are because of your habit. Yeah. And that's nothing to be ashamed of. There's a lot of bad information out there. We have been taught from a young age, clean your plate. There's a lot of temptation. Yeah. The... Um, you know, advertisements are certainly working against you from a, from a, a standpoint of, you know, these are these super high palatable foods. Grocery stores are set up in a way to make you buy these things. You have a lot of challenges. That's okay. Accept them. Accept that you are where you are because of some of these challenges, because of some of the choices that you make. Also accept that when you realize what these challenges are, what these habits are that have been unproductive, you can make moves to correct that. And that's the wonderful thing about yeah. health and fitness is that you have control once you start to become conscious of what's going on and then the strategies that you have at your disposal. Use all the tools in your toolbox mm-hmm. and get where you want to be. And it's nice to know that Dr. Joey or Dr. Allen can both screw up. Yeah. But the difference is we look at that and we'll say, okay, I screwed up. It's temporary. What tool can I use to get back on track? Mm. And don't ruminate exactly. on it because that's not going to help. Exactly. Awesome, man. Well, for Christmas, <laughs> we're going over my wife's grandmother's house. We tend to go there most Christmases. Um, have some home-cooked Italian food. That's delicious. That's I'll, probably take a, I'll probably take a nap after that because we do it early <laughs> in the day. And Christmas, I am just hanging out. And I'm thinking about, I haven't shared this with my wife yet, since we don't have any plans for the afternoon, making a uh, pistachio crusted prime rib. We'll see. That sounds perfect. I mean, it doesn't sound good. That sounds that really sounds good. That sounds great. So you've got, you've got Italian food and then a pistachio crusted prime rib. That's a nice day for, for quality foods. <laughs> Dude, I'm, gonna... I'm on board with this. <laughs> Dude, on holidays, like since we were earlier talking about setting expectations, like I just like enjoyed enjoying them to the fullest. For me, it's like 
man, I'm usually pretty on point with my nutrition. I work out regularly. I get my 10,000 steps. I do all the things I need to do all the time. Like for me, Christmas, New Year's, uh, a close relative's birthday. I just enjoy myself. I know there's some repercussions. I don't care. For me, the memories are totally worth it. And that's to say for those that are listening, like, listen, if you're okay with overindulging and enjoying yourself, there's nothing wrong with that either. As long as you are truly okay with that behavior, right? Like I can say I'm truly okay with that behavior. I can eat a pound plus of prime rib easily and like I'll pay for it the next day, but I'm fine with that. I'm happy with that decision, right? This, I'll say this to close. There's a, a great episode that I recorded with Astrid. Are you, do you know Astrid? Astrid not I, I know of her. Yeah, I don't guy, know her. And she works with, she works for Biolane as well. And she said that the difference between because we talked about, you know, like what are some symptoms of people who binge eat or have disordered eating behaviors? And one of them is like the overconsumption of food in large quantities in a small period of time, right? That's the definition of binging. And we had this conversation of like, you know, binging, quote unquote, is that always considered disordered eating? And essentially what she was explaining is that it doesn't. It just depends on whether the behavior was intentional and whether it aligns with your expectations and goals. Right. If it doesn't, then that can be considered disordered eating because your actions don't align with your thoughts and what you want. But if you are like, I go about once or twice, once a month or once every other month with a, with a buddy of mine to his all you can eat sushi spot. I eat a ridiculous amount of sushi. I do it intentionally. I don't feel bad about it. I plan for it. I'm looking forward to it. That is not an unhealthy behavior, right? So indulging isn't inherently an unhealthy behavior. It just depends on the mental frameworks around that behavior and whether you're okay with them or not. hundred percent. Yeah. Control, control and, and conscious choice. Yeah. Anyways, my man, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, Alan. Thank you so much for being here with short notice. I appreciate you tremendously. Um, oh, no problem. Thank people, you for having me on. Of course. Where can people connect with you? Social media, website for coaching, please share. Uh, you can check out my website at MauiAthletics.com or reach out to me anytime on Instagram at Dr. Alan Bacon. That's at D-R-A-L-L-A-N Bacon. And all of your links will be in the description. So if you're listening and didn't catch that, just go to the description of the podcast and check out um, Alan on social and check out his coaching business as well. Anyways, guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you um, got something really practical and useful out of this episode. I, I'm sure most people who are listening to this episode specifically are probably a little bit nervous around the holidays. And I say that because the title of this episode will be how to mitigate weight gaining during the holidays. Though hopefully this episode was helpful. If you did find it helpful or had any follow-up questions, follow up with me and Al on social media. We'd be happy to continue the conversation. Anyways, Merry Christmas to everyone and Happy New Year's.